Are you in need of a pace clock? Looking to finally upgrade those ancient analog clocks? The Swim Nerd Pace Clock is the most innovative digital pace clock. It connects to your Swim Nerd mobile app, allowing you to program any set your heart desires. Except for 100 100s while listening to Nickelback. You can't program that. That that is not allowed. If you haven't seen the Swim Nerd Pace Clock yet, go to swimpractice.com to check it out. All right, Emma McCann, welcome to the podcast. How are you? Yeah, thanks for thanks for being here. I appreciate it. Where are you uh, coming from? Um, I'm on the Gold Coast, so I'm trying to Griffith here. Okay, okay. Now you you grew up in um, Wollongong, which is south of Sydney. For those that don't know, um, when did you make the move from New South Wales to Queensland? Um, I moved. I was 19 when I moved. Um, me and my brother both moved up to Brisbane. Hmm. Um, and we both train with our dad in Wollongong. Um, I trained with him pretty much since I was like 13 and before okay. that I was just in mini squads, but, um, yeah, we decided to make the move in 2014, just before Com games. Oh, okay. So it's been, been a while now then, a few years. Yeah. Yeah. It's been a while. Now, listen, when I was growing up, um, I'm going to give your dad some love here. Your dad was kind of the uh, famous. He was kind of like, when I, <laughs> when I was a kid, he was the guy that, you know, everybody talked about, like, oh, he's an Olympian and he's a Commonwealth Games gold medalist. And like growing up in Sydney, there wasn't too many of those people around. So he was kind of the man walking around the pool deck at the time. Um, did you, did, when did you first realize that your dad was kind of a big name in swimming? Um... Well, I always knew that like both my parents were both swimmers and dad went to the Olympics and mum went to Con Games and I always knew that. Um, but I think I've never really, I don't know, they don't really talk about it much. Like they share their experiences and things and different stories along the way, but they don't really talk about them being mm. like, you know, big names in swimming or anything like that. It's kind of. Yeah, we just kind of grew up like knowing that they were swimmers and knowing I wanted to do a similar thing to them. Um, but yeah, they never really talked about it as a big thing kind of thing. I didn't even give your mom any love there. I didn't realize your mom was a swimmer <laughs> as well. So this, this whole thing just runs in the family then, huh? Yeah, um, my, yeah, because David does it and my uncle Rob, he was a swimmer as well. Um, and my uncle on my dad's side, Mike, he did a lot of surf swimming as well. So our whole family's kind of just been around the water, um, surf or swimming in the pool for a long time. So was there ever a question that you were going to be a swimmer? Did your parents give you a choice or was it like you're going to be a swimmer and that's it? Uh, well, my parents had a swim school. So they started the swim school before I was born. And um, so they've always like seen it as so important to learn how to swim. So that's kind of all they wanted us to do. Um, and then we did swimming club and things like that. And I kind of just loved um, racing and I love the social side of going to um, events and like um, school carnivals as well. That got me into the racing and I kind of just kept going since then, but they never ever put any pressure on us and, um, all through my teenage years, I was kind of on and off with swimming because I was, I wanted to do other things like um, be able to hang out with my friends whenever I wanted and um, didn't like getting up early and all of that. So I was pretty on and off in terms of wanting to do it. And um, when I was about 15, 
um, I hated swimming. And then my parents actually said to me, well, maybe swimming's not for you. So just like, mm. stop. It's pretty simple. Um, so yeah, they never, ever put pressure on me, but, um, or David, um, but yeah, they kind of just wanted us to love it, I guess, the same way that they did. Wow. That's, that's incredible. Now, David, your brother is an Olympic swimmer as well. So it's just a crazy, crazy family. Um, do you have any other brothers and sisters? Yeah, I've got a younger sister, Caitlin. Oh, yeah, uh, poor girl. She's, I mean, since there must be so much pressure on her. <laughs> yeah. Well, she's like the smart one of the family. She's like graduated uh, uni and uh, um, yeah. She okay. kind of keeps everyone together. I reckon she's like the really, um, she's really like kind of, I guess, outgoing and like bubbly kind of person and just keeps everyone glued together. I reckon. Oh, good, good, good. Yeah. So, so David is older than you. Yep. David's um, two years older than me. Okay. Now you guys are pretty close as a brother and sister. I have, I have kids, I got boys and girls and, and they fight like cats and dogs, but you, you two <laughs> seem to be pretty close. Is that right? Um, yeah, we're close. We do fight. Um, okay, I mean, he lives good. with me, so oh. we've lived together on and off, um, since we moved up to Queensland. But I mean, when you live with your brother, you're going to fight, have <laughs> <laughs> disagreements and stuff, but we do get along pretty well. And, um, I think we're both pretty relaxed people. So that makes it a lot easier. Have you been training partners for many years as well? Yeah, pretty much. Um, well, he started swimming quite late. Um, so since he started swimming when, so I was probably like 15, he started, um, we've been training partners since then. We both moved up to Queensland and trained with Vince Valley at Chandler. Mm. Um, and then I moved across to Bowley and then a year or two later, he then moved to Bowley. So it's pretty good to have, um, it's good to have him as my training partner. Like, um, I mean, he's always often doing different um sets than i am but um it's good to have that support right there like always yeah. and then we don't really talk about something when we come home either so yeah that makes it good as well it's kind of like a mutual thing that we both agree on now your parents being swimmers and your dad being a coach when you were deciding to make coaching changes did they leave that completely up to you or did they have a say in where you went um, no, they didn't have a say really. Um, dad was good friends with Bowley and Vince. So, and they were kind of my, my two, um, like choices of where I'd go. I had a lot of friends that were up in Queensland. So, um, yeah, I kind of wanted to train with more people cause down in Wollongong, it was just me, David and Jared Port, um, for most of the time. So, um, I wanted to, get out and train with a bigger squad and um, probably trying to have a different coach that wasn't my dad because that was kind of all I knew as well, um, which has helped me, It like looking back on it then, like it helped me grow up a lot. And um, I think also when dad was my coach, it was probably a lot harder for him than it was for me mm. um, because, you know, sometimes like, well, actually a lot of the time I'd just be like, oh, I don't want to do that or, just not turn off and things like that. So um, it would be hard for him being a coach, trying to push me, but then at the same time being my dad and not forcing something as well. So yeah. Um, yeah. it was definitely a lot harder for him than it was for me, but um, I'm glad I made the move. And um, yeah, I went to Vince first and then Bolly after that. So 
I don't know you that well. I just know you kind of from the outside looking in. And what I see from the outside is you remind me a lot of, of Susie O'Neill in the way that you swim multiple events. You're actually kind of built a, a lot like her when she was in her prime. You're probably taller than her, but um, you're just very similar in, ter- in, in personality as well. Have people told you that, you're, that you're similar to, to a Susie O'Neill? Um, yeah, a lot of people have said that over the years. Um, and I grew up, um, I was five when the 2000 Olympics were on. And um, since then, like, I kind of really looked up to her and mainly in the fact that um, she just was such a good competitor, but um, which is probably something that I looked more back on when I got older. But even from that young age, I kind of just saw how humble she was and um, that's just been something that I've always, um, yeah, really admired in mm. everyone really is that humble nature, but also being able to get out there and just doing an incredible job of what you're doing. Yeah. And that's what I'm, when I look at your resume, you could stack your resume up against any of the top swimmers in the world. I mean, it's incredible from, from the youth Olympics all the way to, you know, Pan Pax, Commonwealth games, world championships, Olympic games, you've won every color of medal all the way along. So from, from someone who wanted to quit at the age of 15, you've got one of the most impressive resumes in the, in the world of swimming right now. How did you go from that girl that was thinking about quitting to having the success over all the years that you've had? Um, probably just like, I guess looking back, I have taken it year by year. Um, and also looking back, I don't actually look back on what I have achieved very often. Um, and it's probably not till you have time off, like what we have over the last, over this last period, like you do look back and see what I have. Well, I have looked back and see what I have done. So that's, um, it is encouraging. It kind of motivates me even more because I never stop to look at what I've done and actually be proud as well. Mm. I mean, there's, it's an incredible resume. I mean, you should be extremely proud. There's very few people who can have the, the type of success you've had both in um, relays and individual success. So how have you managed to be a great relay swimmer and also be an incredible individual performer as well? Um, I think I probably race better in relays. Um, just because you're more relaxed and um, I feel like I'm doing it with other girls as well. Um, I definitely have, I've always been a good relay swimmer, even when back doing um, club events when I was younger. Um, and I've always like done PBs in relays. Um, and then when it comes to the individual, I, I don't know, I kind of, it's been like a big roller coaster of like self-belief and like learning about all of that. And then, um, kind of just um I guess sucking it up and just doing it kind of thing because I have always done a lot of events and trying to keep it simple as well like my dad's always um back from when I was young he always said just keep it simple like you know you swim every day just get in and do it and that's kind of what I've tried to always do with both relays and individuals yeah um what was it like going oh let me, let me start by saying this what was it like missing the team in 2012 how old were you at that stage um i was 17 at the trials for 17, olympics okay. 
So you finished yeah. seventh in the hundred freestyle. You miss you miss qualifying by one spot. What was that like for you? Yeah, um, it's funny looking back on it now because I was so upset um, when yeah. I missed that team, mm. and just to miss it by such a short amount as well. Um, and then also going through like wanting to swim, not wanting to swim, and all of that. I kind of just, but I always knew that I wanted to go to the Olympics. So I was just like, if I make this one, like then I've gone to the Olympics and then that's great. Um, and so I missed it and I was so upset and then um, stopped again for a bit. Um, and then looking back on it, I'm just like, I didn't deserve to go to the Olympics because I did not train hard at all leading mm. into that trials. Like I went on a holiday in January and I think the trials were in March and <laughs> wow like yeah looking and I was just I couldn't believe that I was so upset after <laughs> not putting any work in so that was a obviously a lesson I needed to learn um and it's probably made me who I am now knowing how hard you have to work to make it to the Olympics let alone get the results that you actually want as well mm. well then you know you go from missing the team in 12 to being on top of the podium and breaking a world record in the four by one freestyle relay for Australia in, in 16. What was that experience like for you? Um, yeah, well, if you'd asked me like in 2012, if I thought that I'd be at the Rio Olympics, it, I definitely wouldn't have thought I'd be there, let alone on the podium. So um, I think making the move up to Queensland helped with that because it kind of made swimming a bit more serious for me um, and made it actually what I was going to do and what I was going to put all my um, energy into as well. Mm. Um, so, yeah, I think it just grew me up. Like it just forced me to grow up a lot mm. um, and do things on my own and have full control of what I was doing. And um, yeah, just, I guess that's it really. Yeah pretty incredible what did you what do you take away from uh the two coaches that you worked with let's start with uh vince was vince the first one you went to yeah okay so what did you learn from him as a young kid going up there and and what helped you grow under his um guidance um vince was always very caring um and saw a big importance of doing stuff outside of swimming mm. um, and that was always going to benefit what you did in the pool because you weren't always just sole swimming focused. Yeah. Um, so I think that especially moving away from home at that age and like probably only just finished school and then moving away. So that was something very important and he always stressed that as well. So I started uni um, back up here when I moved to him. So, and I'm still doing it now, just um, six years later, still doing the same degree. Um, but yeah, that was always a big importance from him. And um, yeah, it's helped me a lot even now where I am. So nice. that was good. And then with Bowley, he, he's always stressed like um, the hard work, like you need to work hard to um, achieve your goals and, get to where you want to go like it's not doesn't come easy um and I think the fact that he's always believed in my ability um that's probably what what has got me to where I am now and also makes me know I've got so much further to go as well because 
I mean, he's got so much experience in coaching and um, has coached so many amazing athletes. And so he really knows what he's doing and knows swimming. So I, I've always just think that if he has all this belief in my ability, then I should as well. Um, that's helped me a lot. When you get to a big meet and you start to have those fears and doubts and anxiety, how do you know that your coach believes in you? How do you, how do you know, how do you feel it from, from Michael Ball? You know, how do you take the confidence away knowing this, this man truly believes in my ability? Um, well, he always reminds me of the um, good sets that I've done mm-hmm. in the lead up to the meet, um, which sometimes is hard to remember um, when you are like under the pressure and it's easy to remember the bad ones because like you put so much um, like effort in and you just want so badly to have all these great sessions. Um, But yeah, he always reminds me of the good sessions I've done. Um, And he's a very relaxed person, very calm. And um, I guess just seeing that he's so relaxed and so um, just knowing in like Mm. what I can do and like reading off splits and how I should set up different races and stuff. Like he believes that I can do that. Um, And so really it's only my own mind that holds me back. Talk to us about that a little bit. Um, during the taper phase for swimming, it's one of those critical phases. We all need to go through it, but it's also um, a really tough time. What are some of the things that you've experienced in taper and, and how have you worked through those experiences? Uh, well, there's usually like a period where you feel pretty crap. Well, for yeah. me, I feel pretty crap during the taper. Yeah. Um, and... Um, it's pretty easy just to start stressing out and be like, Oh, it's all falling apart and everything. Um, and it's probably the last few years that I've gone, well, this is completely normal. Like I literally experiences every single taper. So I shouldn't be surprised. Um, and Bolly actually told me um, in the last prep for worlds, he's like, um, Matt Horton, like, waits to feel that crap feeling. We know he's going to feel good. Um, and so that kind of helped me a lot as well. Like, you know, you're going to swim well if your taper is how it was last time, which is feeling crap halfway through and then coming out of it a few days in. Um, so kind of just writing it out and um, having that self-belief that you've done all the work you can. And now it's just basically get in and have fun and um, hold it together mentally, I think. So during that time where you feel like crap and you're in the water, you, you try not to overthink it. You just let it be and, and then kind of just move on to the next day. Yeah. Or like focusing on other things um, like my skills and my dives and things like that. And knowing that the feel will come. Um, yeah. It's basically just taking it day by day and waiting to ride it out, I guess. Yeah. You've, uh, you've had some pretty incredible experiences, gone to some amazing places and done some incredible things, you know, at all these different events I've talked about. What was, what's one event that stands out to you that where you feel like everything clicked for you and you felt amazing and, you know, you ended up on the podium or you just have a great experience? Where was that event for you? Um, I would say probably 2017 Worlds in Budapest. Mm. Um, because that was off the back of the Olympics and I had about three months off after Rio um, and then got back into it and um, was just really enjoying my swimming again because I actually thought leading into Rio that I wouldn't keep going. Um, 
and then I had the three months off and then it was kind of like, okay, get back in now. And then I never really put a lot of pressure on myself to get back to where I was or anything um, because I was um, obviously excited after Olympics and having an awesome break and everything like that. Um, and then never put the pressure on to get back into it, but was just enjoying it again and went over to Worlds in Budapest. Um, and that's probably, and my 100 fly was the first event. Um, and that's probably one of like the few times I've really actually just stood behind the blocks and actually been excited to race and kind of didn't want it to be over either. Um, Cause it was just fun. Um, so that's kind of what I draw on now is like trying to get that feeling all the time. Well, not all the time, but like mm. when I can. Um, and it just takes the pressure off. And that was one of my best swims that I've had. And um, yeah, it was a big shock to me because in the 100 fly, I didn't really ever think. Uh, my PB before that was 56.8. And I knew that I had to be pretty strong to get quicker and quicker at 100 fly because it's quite a strength-based event. and. Um, then I got my, in that event, I got it down to 56.1 and I all had always seen doing a 55 for a hundred flyers, just like that's unachievable for me. Um, so then when I got that close, since then I've been like, well, I can do this. I can do a 55 and um, yeah. So that's probably one of the standout things for me, standout yeah. events that I've done. Yeah. You had, you had an incredible meet there. Uh, is that the same meet where you tied with Katie Ledecky in the, in the 200? Yeah. Yeah. That's the same one. Yeah. Okay. I, I remember that. That was, um, that, that was an incredible race too. That whole, that whole race. But, uh, uh, what, what's your baby? What's your event where you feel like you identify the most? What's the one where you feel like this is my one? Um, well, I love the hunt fly. I've just always enjoyed doing fly and, um, it's my, probably my favorite event. Um, but the 200 free is probably the event where I would put the most pressure on myself for, um, probably because it was the first event that I really took off in, um, when I was like 20 or 21. Um, and it's probably also the event where I know that I could, I can just do so much more in as well. So, yeah, that would be the event that I um, would consider like my baby kind of thing. <laughs> oh, that's cool. I, I always, um, you know, I was always coaching girls in college, so I was trying to figure out how to get them to swim a good long course 200 freestyle. So most of the girls I was coaching, you know, we were aiming kind of 159, you know, 158 maybe. But how on earth do you swim a 154 200 freestyle? I have no idea how to coach that. So how, how are you so good in that event? What do you do that is so much better than all these other girls out there? Um, it's definitely a hard event to get right because there's just so much pacing to it. Um, but I go out really, I go out very quick in the 200. Um, I think because I'm also a 100 meter swimmer, like I use that easy speed. And that first hundred does just come so easily. Um, and no matter how fast I go out, I'll still come back. Like if I went out a second slower than I do, I'd probably still come back. Um, it would just 
I'd have the same energy coming back. So I need to go out fast just to be able to keep carrying it through in that second hundred. Um, but yeah, I guess Bolly does a lot of um, lactate and lactate removal stuff. So I think that definitely helps me in the 200. And um, yeah, it's definitely a hard one to pace and got to get a lot of practice in it. Give me an example of a set that you would do. Um maybe you've done a few times that you know you know gets you ready for that 200 um probably the lactate removal stuff um we do like pace 50s uh-huh. um on or sometimes 50 um like last night we did um eight fifties four ones removal six fifties four ones removal then four fifties four ones um descend one to four um so that stuff i reckon like gives me a lot of confidence um going from the pace stuff and then through to doing a hundreds at not as fast pace um but still like working pretty hard um knowing that i can hold on for those four ones after um yeah that gives me a lot of confidence so when you're doing give me some times that you do on a set like that uh, at your best um when you're doing those 50s what are you trying to hold there um, 28 low, like around 28, three, I'm trying to hold 28, three. And this is, this is a long 50s. course we're talking right now. So, and yeah. so you do those fifties, you hold 28 threes, and then you get to your hundreds. What are you trying to hold on those hundreds? Um, well, when we get down to 30 below, I try and hit around one Oh one, um, when I'm going well, um, so obviously not at the moment, we're not really at peak fitness, but when I'm, we're back in full training, that's, the 30 below that's what i'm trying to get to um so when i'm hitting those times like just piecing those sessions one after the next um yeah that just the hard work is what gives me confidence yeah how do you train fly how do you do you break it up into shorter distances or do you actually train hundreds fly um monday afternoons we always do an aerobic fly set um and it wasn't until I moved to Bali that I actually started doing hundreds of fly in okay. training. Okay. Um, and what's an aerobic fly that, set? Um, oh, just like a lot of fifties in a row of fly, mm-hmm. um, mixing in hundreds of fly. Okay. Um, yeah, mostly fly stuff, and then in it a little bit of freestyle, but not much. Okay. Um, so it doesn't actually feel aerobic. <laughs> just, <laughs> yeah. You can't, it's, yeah, it's hard to do aerobic fly. <laughs> Bolly, Bolly calls it aerobic. Yeah, good one, yeah. Bolly. You try and get in here and yeah. swim this aerobically. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but I actually really like doing that stuff. Like when I get a good rhythm in my fly, it just um, feels really good. And I started doing 200 flies when I moved to Bolly as well. And um, that just helps that second 50 of my 100. Um, and when my fly feels good, I... Like I love doing, I'll swim 200 flies. Um, I actually like doing them. You don't swim longer distances in practice though. You don't swim 200s and 300s and 400s of fly, do you? Oh, no. No, no. no. no so, way. <laughs> so the longest distance you would do in practice would be hundreds or 150s? What's, what's um, the longest? Usually hundreds would be hundreds. the longest. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. All right. That makes sense. Yeah. Now, we are do you... um, a step test of uh-huh. um, 200s, which I opted to do fly on one um that was uh, it's two twos fly at the end in a row on like i can't remember what it is like four minutes or something like that yeah. um 
but yeah, I yeah don't think I'll do that one again. <laughs> and what about your kick? How how fast can you kick? You, I'm I'm sure you've got a pretty decent kick, right? Um, yeah, my kick has gotten a lot better over the last year. Um, so I enjoy doing the kick now. I don't really know what my like. We never really do like just a one-off 100 max kick mm. or something. It's usually like um, long sets, but. Um, yeah, the kick's gotten a lot better for me, um, which I know helps my racing. So. Now, you're a skinnier, taller frame. What do you do for strength? How do you gain strength in the pool and in your races? Uh, well, the strength thing's been a big thing for me over the last few years. Um, I know that it's like an area that I was lacking for quite a while because um, I'd get to big international meets and you can see how much stronger um, everyone is, especially when we're standing behind the blocks. So that's been a big thing that we've been trying to improve on, um, which I know I've improved on a lot now. So, and I can actually feel it and see it, um, you know, taking effect in my racing and my training and everything. So um, I've just kind of, it was probably um, 2018 um, after Com Games, I had a bit of a shoulder thing before Com Games and then, once that was done, got my shoulder better and then strength became like a big focus for me. And so I've actually really enjoyed going into the gym and just really, really working at that. Um, and like, cause I think when you see the improvement straight away and you know that it's going to pay off um, for me, like I've just really enjoyed getting in there and working really hard at that. Do you have a, a separate strength coach who writes your strength program? Um, yeah, we have a separate um, strength coach. He, I've started working with him uh, probably start of last year, I think it was, start of 2019. So um, he used to work over in the Netherlands with Renomi. Um, and I think having him coming and knowing that he's worked with such great athletes before in swimming and have it be so specific to swimming as well, um, that's really, um, like I really bought into his programming as well. Um, and yeah it's really helped so what are some of the things you're doing in the gym talk talk us through some things um that have helped you gain strength and that you can you can really feel it um we do for me um we've been doing a bit of like cluster stuff with the chin-ups so i'll do three and then have a 20 second rest and then do another one Mm. um and I guess I haven't really been doing gym for that long. Like I probably only started when I was like doing it properly when I was around 21, 22. Mm-hmm. Um, and so I guess I've got a long way. I've still got a lot of improvement in that area. Um, but yeah, the chin-ups, I'm um, getting heavier and heavier on those. That gives me a lot of confidence in um, knowing my strengths heading in the right direction. Um, and I mean, I started off hardly being able to do like a few body weight ones. Um, and now I can do ones with like 15 kilos on and things like that. So oh, wow. um, that's so, really taken off. So do you feel that, that that's an important message for, for young women that want to get faster? Is, is strength a big component in that? Yeah, it's definitely a huge component. Because um, when I was younger, I was kind of against doing gym myself because I never wanted that big, strong look. Um, but 
as I've gotten older, I'm just like, I need to be strong. Like I'm putting all this effort into swimming and have these huge goals that I want to achieve. Like why, who cares? Like just kind of get in and do the work in the gym and that's what's actually going to get me those goals. So, um, and I've, I don't really have the body that's going to be huge and strong um, or huge, like big size wise, but like, you know, it's, you're putting all that work in, like, just own it kind of thing <laughs> yeah you've always seemed to be the type of person that's pretty composed behind the blocks like you you look like you're fairly relaxed do you do you feel like you just have that personality naturally or are you just disguising it really well <laughs> uh i think naturally i am just more of a calm person kind of keep things in perspective a bit more um but i'm definitely nervous like before events um yeah definitely nervous and I guess it I keep reminding myself that the nerves are good and um it means that I want it um and things like that and it's important to me and you know you want to do well that's why you're nervous um but yeah I guess I do remain kind of calm um I do stress out a lot as well like before events um in Rio before my 200 free um I was freaking out so much um like I was in tears to my dad, like earlier that day, just so nervous. Um, and then it literally wasn't, oh, Bolly had said to me, like, just, go, I was next to Bronte Barrett. And he said, just go out and pretend you're at nationals. Like you train with Bronte every day. You race Bronte at trials. Like we were both right next to each other. Just go out and pretend you're at nationals and just give it all you can. And it probably wasn't until I was walking out to the blocks that I was just like, I'm probably not going to be back here. So just have that moment of courage and just give everything you've got. And then, um, yeah, I ended up getting a bronze medal. So. Oh, that's not, not bad from crying a few hours early. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Just like kind of turning it around, which I always look back on that because it just kind of reminds me of um, the strength that I can have, like when it really matters. Do you um, do you see yourself as one of the best swimmers in the world? Is that the impression you have? Is that the image you have of yourself now? Um, probably just starting to get that, I reckon. Um, and even though I've been doing it for so long and um, like getting results as well for so long, it's probably not until like this last year that I have a lot more self-belief and knowing that I belong um at the top as well and having belief that i've got so much further to go as well um but i've never really seen myself as um yeah before this year i've never really seen myself as someone that's at the top um even with the results that i have gotten wow we're we're talking in 2020 now and in 2016 you're olympic gold medalist so i mean this is four (laughs) four years now that you've probably had to come to terms with the fact that you're an olympic gold medalist that that's a long time to like try and figure out that you're one of the best in the world (laughs) yeah i guess i think also the fact that i've always wanted to be humble and seen that as such a important value in my life i think at times that's also held me back because I won't kind of own it that I have done what I've done or um, things like that, or also just seen as like, okay, what's the next thing? What's the next thing that I want to do? And not really just 
taken in the fact that I, what I have done so far. So, oh yeah. I mean, your resume yeah. is incredible. I'm looking at it right now in the screen behind you. You can't see it, but I'm seeing Olympic gold medals and silver medals and bronze medals and world champs. I mean, you won nine silver medals at the world championships. That's incredible, by the way. Um, I mean, your resume is sickening how good it is, but (laughs) there is one thing missing. What do you think? What do you think the one thing on your resume that's missing? Um, Probably an individual goal. Individual Olympic gold. Yeah, that's, that's (laughs) it. I mean, you've done everything else. So, um, do you think you were ready for that this year? Do you think if you had have had the chance a few, uh, you know, a month ago, you think you were ready for that individual goal? Yeah. Um, I had a lot of, um, like I'd taken a big step in my swimming. Um, and it was just in March, we had our New South Wales state champs that we do every year. And I'd never swum that quick at that time of year before. And um, I think, like the results were one thing, but mentally, like I was just in such a good place. So, um, yeah, I think I was ready to um, do that and obviously upset when it all got cancelled because I knew that I was in such a good position. Um, but it's just given me another year to push forward even more. So, Do you have like an arch nemesis? Do you have somebody that you're like, she's the one I got to beat or she's my toughest competitor? Is there anyone out there? Um. I'd, I would never see anyone as like an arch nemesis or anything. Um, <laughs> obviously, there's I race against amazing competitors yeah. like um, um, Sarah, Katie, um, Simone. Like they're all yeah. amazing competitors. So yeah, um, they kind of every year they're just raising the bar more and more, and everyone just kind of goes with them. And I mean, we'll probably get to next year, and there'll be someone else um, that's come through that we might not have heard of because um, it's another year and so you've got to always have those people in the back of your mind as well pushing they're pushing you every day at training as well um, but yeah it's great to have um, in the women's um, freestyle and butterfly like they're just raising the bar every year we had Maggie mm. McNeil last year just step up even more so did she was on my podcast uh, that was released a few yeah, days I ago that. Listen yeah. to that. <laughs> um, have you had a chance to listen to any of the podcasts um i listened to grant hackett's one that was oh, the yeah. one um yeah but i haven't listened to a lot yet but yeah yeah well, really there's, there's, there's some good little interesting tidbits in there you know maybe yeah. from your competitors as well that you might be able to yeah. get something but um but i've enjoyed talking to people and this has been this has been fun to hear your perspective as well because again like i think a lot of us like me i'm over in america you're in australia so i don't get to see you much the only time i do see you is when you're at a competition and you're there to compete. So it's like, we're just, we're just staring at you from a distance. It's like, Oh wow, she's got it all together. But you know, when you have these conversations, you realize you're just like anybody else. You get nervous and you put in the hard work, you have your ups and down days. And, um, and then you get to a point where, you know, four years after you win Olympic gold, you're just starting to believe in yourself. So it's like, wow, (laughs) that's, that's incredible. If you really did believe in yourself, you'd be unbeatable, um, in that sense. So it's coming. That's, that's exciting. Um, what's the what's the um one event you think you're you're really excited for you think the the 200 free or the 100 fly would be your best chance at at getting on top of the podium or both um well i'm training just as hard equally for both so i'd be aiming for both of those yeah nice yeah That's, that's awesome well i'm i'm super excited about that now uh what other questions did i have here um 
what's your favorite country in the world where, that you've gone to? Uh, we did a training camp in Hawaii um, mm. just before Rio. So nice. that was pretty cool. That's awesome. Um, yeah, we went there for um, Junior Pan Packs. We went over to Maui. Oh, so wow. um, that was when I was 15. So that was a pretty cool place to go to at that young age for yeah. a swimming event. Yeah, I've never been to Hawaii. I want to go there. Really? Yeah, it's one of the only places I haven't been, but um, it's, it's, it looks cool. You're right. So do you think if you do have success next year or not, or, or, or not, you know, where you want to be, do you think you'll still continue to swim no matter what? Yeah, I think so. Because I always um, looked at 2020 um, as that would be my last year of swimming. Um, and then it got to like, I did worlds in 2019 and it was just getting closer and closer. And I was just like, I'm not actually ready to stop anytime soon. And I'm still, I still feel like I've got so much more to go. And, um, I mean, they've got that ISL in now and that's, um, I loved that last year. Um, and I think that also gave me a new, like, um, energy for swimming and love for swimming as well. So I think that I'll keep going. Um, obviously my eyes are kind of only looking towards Tokyo and I'm putting everything into that. Um, but I'm still enjoying my swimming and, um, yeah, so I think that I'll keep going. What do you think you want to do beyond swimming? What, what are your interests outside of the pool? Uh, well, I'm doing a bachelor of, um, health promotion and public health nutrition. So I've always wanted to get into a bit of aid work. Um, but long term, I'm not really sure just yet. But um, when I finish swimming, I want to do a bit of that for a while. Um, I kind of mm. just always had a passion for that. Yeah, nice. And just helping people who, yeah, aren't as fortunate as us. Very nice. Nice. I like that. What's it like being on the Australian team these days? Um, you know, I haven't I haven't been around the team for for many years now, but it looks like it's uh, still a, a pretty fun fun team, right? Yeah, it's a lot of fun. Um, I feel like everyone's really close to the team. Uh, and then every year we have young ones um, joining on and um, they kind of just fit right in. And um, yeah, everyone's just really close and supports each other a lot. And um, yeah, I mean, I've been on it for a few years now. Um, since 2013 was my first long course team. And it has changed a lot since then. Um, just with um, probably the age gap, like everyone's kind of getting a bit closer in age and things like that. So, um, well, How old yeah. are you now? I'm 26. Oh, still young. Yeah. Plenty of time. Yeah. <laughs> what about sponsors? Do you, do you have um, some major sponsors that help you, you know, keep going? Um, yeah, I've got Speedo. So they've been a huge help to me. Um, over the years and it's actually the only suit I've ever worn um yeah like I only started wearing suits when I was like probably 17 um so yeah it's really the only suit I've ever worn um and then I've got Nike as well um which is a fun one to have um and then yeah just got support all around me really oh wow you have a Nike sponsorship that's really yeah free shoes yeah (laughs) (laughs) that's awesome it's a good one (laughs) yeah very cool well listen i've really enjoyed getting to know you and and having a chat with you um this has been really cool um 
anything you want to leave us with? Um, I don't know. That's it. <laughs> Not sure. <laughs> Who's the better swimmer, you or your brother? Um, depends who you ask. <laughs> I think if you asked him, he'd probably say himself. Um, yeah, I don't know. You probably wouldn't. Yeah, I wouldn't. I wouldn't say me either, though. <laughs> just <laughs> come on. Yeah. Both work just as hard. So yeah. Is he still going? He's going to train for the next Olympics as well. Yep, he's still going. He had um, shoulder surgery in 2018, so oh. it's been a um, bit of a long recovery process for him. But um, I think the Olympics being postponed has been a bit of an advantage to him because he's got another year to get more work in and um, kind of get that hunger back as well. So yeah, he's um, definitely enjoying his swimming again. Are the Aussies going to be able to swim ISL this season? I don't know. I think, well, we have to wait to see what the government says. Um, but hopefully, because I feel like that helped me a lot last year. Like, just brought a lot more enjoyment back into my swimming. And also looking at um, being that close with all the other competitors over the world, like, just seeing how they do things and also watching their mindset on things. Like, um I've been able to take bits and pieces from all of that as well. So I'd love to be able to do it again. Yeah. It, it was a lot of fun. And um, yeah. I guess coming down to the wire, they've got to make a decision soon, right? Yeah. It's been like a month and a half or something. Yeah. So. It's not far away. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Pack your bags and go. Yeah. Um, tell me this. Uh, what about when you don't hit your goals or you don't achieve what you want to achieve? I mean, you must be pretty internally competitive like you don't seem outwardly yeah. competitive because you, you are humble in that sense but like what are the things how does it drive you to want to be better when you don't succeed and or hit your goals um i guess just i always i'm probably quite critical of myself mm. um which over the years i've tried to work out a better balance for because you can definitely be too critical. Um, and I've just started working with um, sports psychologists only in the last year. And so she's helped me a lot with that stuff. Um, but probably picking out the things that you need to improve, but also looking at the things you, that you did well. Um, so I'm getting in the habit of doing that literally every training session um, is what I do well, what do I need to improve next time. Um, and I guess having that focus on what I want to achieve and, um, just always having that in the back of my head, um, like it, I will always come back for more kind of thing, always come back to keep working to achieve what I want to get to. It sounds like you're really putting it all together, you know, working with a sports psychologist, getting your strength together, getting that belief in yourself together. You know, you've got, you've got the experience now. It just sounds like it's all kind of coming together at the right time for you. Um, yeah, I guess so. I think, yeah, I just learn something new every year. Um, and I've, I've always known that that self-belief had been lacking. Um, and realizing that I actually can do something about that and mm. I can believe in myself and my ability and have that positive um, talk 
before races and then also during the whole training season as well. Like you don't have to turn up to a race and be worried or scared. You can turn up and be ready and wanting to get in. And like I was in that 100 fly in 2017, like you can be excited and knowing that you've done all the work and you can just dive in and show that to yourself really. Listen, you've got one of the most beautiful strokes in all of swimming. It's, it's incredible how beautiful your, your swimming looks in the water. So, man, when you start to see the image of yourself that I see of you, you're going to be unstoppable. So that's pretty exciting. Um, yeah, I, th- I think your stroke is absolutely beautiful and all, all your strokes, um, gorgeous um, distance per stroke, stroke length, just the way that you hold water and catch water. Um, you close your race as well. You take them out fast. Yeah, I mean, you've, you've got, you got it all. So really excited to talk to you today, and I can't wait to watch you swim at the Olympics next year, okay? Thanks so much. Yeah, thanks, Emma. All right, take care. Thank you. All right, bye. Bye.